Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Challenge of the Yukon. Original air date is February 10th, 1950, and the title is Flaming Valley. Let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus now as gunshots echo across the windswept snow-covered reaches of the wild northwest quaker puff wheat and quaker puff rice the breakfast cereal shot from gun present the challenge of the Yukon. It's Yukon King, swiftest and strongest lead dog of the Northwest, blazing the trail for Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police in his relentless pursuit of lawbreakers. One king, one husky. Gold, gold discovered in the Yukon. A stampede to the Klondike in the wild race for riches. Back to the days of the gold rush. With Quaker Puffed Wheat and Quaker Puffed Rice, bringing you the adventures of Sergeant Preston and his wonder dog, Yukon King, as they meet the challenge of the Yukon. Have you heard the news? About the sensational new cutout models to build Sergeant Preston's famous Yukon Trail in your home? They're different models. Large, easier to build. Hear the details in a few minutes. Don't miss this thrilling offer made by delicious, nourishing Quaker Puff Rice and Quaker Puff Wheat. Shot from gun.
That Nelson was a dangerous outlaw, the leader of a criminal ring which operated throughout the Yukon Territory. After escaping from jail at Whitehorse, he had headed north along the Yukon Trail, counting on the help of various members of his gang to elude capture by Sergeant Preston. Several days after the jailbreak, Nelson arrived at a lumber camp located on Roaring Creek. Hold there, hold, hold there. He walked up to the headquarters tent and spoke to the young timekeeper, Eric Douglas, who was seated inside. He's warming around there. He's over at the bunkhouse. Looking for work? I might be. Afraid you're out of luck. He just turned on a man this morning. He won't turn me down. You go tell him a friend of his is here. Okay. Eric Douglas left the tent and returned a few moments later with the foreman, a big, raw-boned French-Canadian named Pierre Marlette. Howdy, Marlette. Oh, it is you, eh? <laughs> Douglas, uh, my friend and me, we wish to talk private. You clear out, sure. Come on, Nelson. We go inside the tent and sit down. Yes, yeah, sure. Oh, suppose you tell me why you come here. You have a job for me to do? I want you to hide me here at the camp for a few days. Hide you? You mean the law is after you? Yeah, yeah. They had me in jail down at Whitehorse. I busted out, but a mighty named Sergeant Preston is on my trail. Sergeant Preston? That's right. No, but what if he come here to the camp and look for you? That'll suit me just fine. I've got a plan all figured out for taking care of that red coat permanently. Oh, what is your plan? Well, it's simple. Here's what we'll do. When Preston shows up... Briefly, Bat Nelson explained his plan for getting rid of Sergeant Preston. When he was through, Pierre's leathery face broke into an evil grin. (laughs) Nelson, the devil himself could not outsmart you. (laughs) But your plan will cost the lumber company some valuable timber. But one thing is sure... You will have no more trouble from Sergeant Preston. That's right. And I'll pay you plenty for helping me out. <laughs> in the meantime, you can mix in with the lumberjack. I will tell them you are a new man I've just hired. Are you sure they won't get nosy? Don't worry. In this camp, no one asks questions. What about that young timekeeper, Douglas, or whatever his name is? Oh, he will not talk. That I guarantee. You see, he is wanted by the monkeys himself in Selkirk. <laughs> That's different. Come on. Get your gear off this sled and I take you over to the bunkhouse right now. Meanwhile, Eric Douglas was seated on a tree stump on the outskirts of camp. He was reading a book which he had pulled out of the pocket of his Mackinac when Phil Marlette, Pierre's young son, walked up to him. Hello, Mr. Douglas. Huh? Oh, hello there, Phil. What's that book you're reading? It's called Robinson Crusoe. Is it interesting? (laughs) It sure is. It's about a man who was shipwrecked on a desert island. Gosh. Could I borrow it when you're through? I sure. You can have it for keeps if you like. Here. Oh, no. I don't want to take it away from you if you're still reading it. <laughs> That's okay. I've already read it through twice. Gee, thanks. Uh, tell me, Phil. How does it happen you don't speak with a French accent like your father? Well, my mother brought me up. She was English. I've just been living with Dad for the last year or so since Mother died. Oh, didn't your mother and father live together? No, they broke up. Mother wouldn't live with Dad anymore because, well, he was always getting in trouble with the police and wouldn't go straight. Maybe I shouldn't ask so many questions. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Douglas. I don't mind talking to you. You treat me nice. In fact, I... I wish you were my dad. Your dad means well, Phil. I... 
I know he's kind of rough sometimes, but it's just his way. He hates me. Don't say that, Phil. That's no way to talk about your father. What's oh, the truth? He hated Mother because she went away from him. Now he's taking it all out on me. He just keeps me here at the camp so he can treat me mean and kick me around. I'm sorry, Phil. I, I wish there was something I could do about it, but there isn't. Mr. Douglas, you're in trouble yourself, aren't you? Yes, I am. <clears throat> Come on, we'd better get back to camp. When Phil and Eric returned to camp, they encountered Pierre Marlette, who was just going back to the headquarters tent after taking Bat Nelson to the bunkhouse. At sight of Phil, Pierre's face darkened with anger. So, you have been loafing again, eh? Why aren't you working at the cook shack like I told you to? I have been working there. There was nothing to do for a little while, so I took a walk in the woods. Never mind the excuses. Get back on the job. Be quick about it. Yes, sir. Wait a minute. Where you get that book? Mr. Douglas gave it to me. I'm going to read it. You have already spent too much time reading. From now on, you are through with all that. Give the book to me. No, please. Don't take the book away from me. I'll work hard. I say give it to me. No, I won't. It belongs to me, and you have no right Why to take the book. Why, you good for nothing. Oh, now, wait a minute. You keep out of this, Douglas. Maybe now the boy will learn to obey when I give him order. Just teach him a lesson. Taking the book out of Phil's hand, Pierre proceeded to rip it to pieces. There. I guess that will take care of your precious book. Now, take it to the cook and tell him to throw the pieces in the stove. And as for you, Douglas, if you wish to stay healthy, you will keep away from the boy from now on. The following morning, Sergeant Preston arrived at the camp. King was running ahead of the team as loose lead. Eric was absent from the camp on an errand. Pierre Marlette emerged from the headquarters tent and greeted the sergeant. Bonjour, Monty. What brings you this way? I'm looking for an escaped criminal named Bat Nelson. I've seen heading toward your camp. Oh, what does he look like, this Bat Nelson? It's a big fellow, over six feet. Heavy set, has a scar across his left cheek. He's driving a team with a big black Newfoundland as lead dog. Oh, we, oui, we, oui, I know the man you mean. He stopped at the camp yesterday evening. Stay overnight? No, he had something to eat and then he shoved on again. Which way did he head? He head upstream toward the Indian waterfall. But that'll take him right into a closed valley. We, oui, that is so, Sergeant. That's funny. Hmm? What is funny? He knows I'm on his trail. Why should he bottle himself up in a valley with only one exit? Perhaps he's going to meet someone in the valley. Why do you say that? Before he leave, he asked me if anyone is leaving the old cabin up by the waterfall. I say, we. Oui. One of the lumberjack tell me he sees smoke coming out of the cabin. How did Nelson react when he heard that? Oh, he seemed very pleased. He say, good. Then he'd drive off. Oh. Well, in that case, you're probably right about him going to meet someone. Well, thanks for the information. All right, monsieur. I'm always glad to help the police. All right, King. Let him up, boy. Let him Oh, boy, my friend, and good luck. Thanks. Good luck, Sergeant. You will need a lot of it. When Sergeant Preston was out of sight, Pierre left the camp and headed toward the spot where the lumber crew was working. He told Bat Nelson what had happened. That's good work, Pierre. We'll give him an hour or so to get inside the valley. And we'll set fire to the trees clear across the entrance. And by the time he find out what is happening, it will be too late to get out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
That north wind is blowing mighty cold these days, but I reckon Preston will be warm enough. The valley which Sergeant Preston had entered was thickly wooded, especially across the entrance, where a heavy growth of underbrush almost obscured the spaces among the trees. It was early winter, and the tree branches were still dry and crisp from the autumn drought, ready to blaze like tinder at the first touch of fire. The trail which Sergeant Preston was following lay alongside a foaming rapids, fed by the Indian waterfalls at the head of the valley. The sergeant had nearly reached the waterfalls when suddenly King halted and sniffed the air. The north wind blowing up the valley had carried to his nostrils the acrid smell of smoke. In answer, King gave a sharp bark and ran back toward his master. He tugged at his master's sleeve as though he wanted him to turn around. Oh, what's wrong, boy? Someone following us? The sergeant turned and saw wisps of smoke pluming up over the treetops in the distance. King, it's a forest fire. The sergeant knew that the valley would act like a chimney, sucking the flames inward at high speed. Yet before he could turn and fight his way out of the valley, he must make sure no one was in the cabin. Come on, King, we've got to travel fast. Up front, boy. All right. On, King! On, your head. Meanwhile, after setting the fire, Bat Nelson and Pierre Marlette had returned to the spot where the lumberjacks were working. Pierre was supervising the activities of the lumber crew when he saw Eric Douglas, the young timekeeper, running toward him. Marlette, get the man and come quick. Hey, what's that? Since when have you start to give order to the foreman? Never mind all that. For heaven's sake, can't you see the smoke over there at the mouth of the valley? Oh, oui, oui, that. I have already checked upon that. The camp is in no danger. The wind will blow the fire up the valley. After a while, it will burn itself out. But you don't understand. Don't understand what? Your son, Phil, he's in the valley. He'll be trapped in the fire. We'll continue our adventure in just a moment. Listen, fellows and girls... There's no waiting, no extra cost. Right now, get thrilling new cutout models to build Sergeant Preston's famous Yukon Trail in your home. They're especially made for you. Yes, with these models, you can follow each day's story of Sergeant Preston and King in their pursuit down the Yukon Trail after the cunning, dangerous outlaw, Bat Nelson. You get models of Sergeant Preston's dog sled and team of huskies. Yes, they're models you can hitch up and move around. You get the Indian waterfalls in today's story. That's the waterfalls in the valley where Sergeant Preston and King are trapped in a forest fire. Just imagine getting scenery and cut-out models. That's how different these models are. Mighty different. They're larger, easier to put together. You can reach inside the buildings and move the interior. And listen, these thrilling, different Yukon Trail models don't cost a single extra penny. All 59 models, buildings, scenery, Yukon animals of all kinds come on special new packages of Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice. The famous cereals shot from guns. Yes, actually exploded up to eight times normal size to make them bigger and better tasting and full of bang-up nut-like flavor and tender crispness. So right away, the minute you get the big red and blue packages of Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice... You can start to build your Yukon Trail. Every package is clearly numbered on the front. 
so you can get models of exactly what's going on in Sergeant Preston's pursuit of Bat Nelson. Remember, models of the lumber camp and Indian waterfalls in today's story are on number three package of delicious Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice. So hurry and get yours. There's nothing to send in. No money, box tops, or coupons. Your grocer now has these Yukon Trail cutout models that come only on Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice. Act fast. Follow the stories from today on with these Yukon Trail models. Now to continue. When Sergeant Preston arrived at the cabin by the waterfalls, the cabin proved empty. Realizing that he'd been tricked, the sergeant turned his team around. In the distance, dark clouds of smoke were billowing up over the treetops. King, somehow we've got to find our way out through that fire. If we don't, we'll be trapped here in the valley. All right, boy, line the team. On King! On Halfway through the valley, they encountered the first waves of heat from the fire. Rabbits and other small games scurried past them through the underbrush. They were still a long way from the valley entrance when the sergeant finally realized that the race was hopeless. Less than a hundred yards ahead, long tongues of flame were darting among the treetops. And in the distance, the woods were a solid mass of flame. No use, we'll never make it. I have to turn around and try getting out some other way. As the team swung around, the sergeant heard a voice cry out. Someone's trapped up there on the slope. Hearing that the team might bolt in panic while he was gone, Sergeant Preston snubbed the team securely to a tree. Then he shouted to King. One King, we gotta find them. It was King sprinting ahead through the smoke who reached the boy first, and his barks helped guide the sergeant to the spot. A moment later, Sergeant Preston and Phil caught sight of each other. The boy's clothing was torn, and his tear-stained face was smudged with soot and dirt. As he stumbled toward the sergeant, he was sobbing hysterically. I thought no one had become here, son. Put your arm around my neck, and I'll carry you. By now, the flames were dangerously close and racing nearer every second. The huskies were half wild with fear. Sergeant Preston placed Phil in the sled and then unhitched the stub line. King fought the team into some kind of order. One king, one Meanwhile, Eric Douglas and Pierre Marlette, with a crew of lumberjacks, were desperately seeking some way to rescue Phil. They had already found the mouth of the valley choked with flames. Looks like the kid's trapped. We gotta do something. We can't just leave him there in the valley to burn to death. Come on, maybe if we head up to the hills, we can find some way to climb down into the valley before the flames get too far. It's worth a try. Let's go. Come on, hurry. Inside the valley, Sergeant Preston was urging his team forward, trying desperately to outdistance the advancing plane. Hush! Hush! Isn't there any other way out of the valley? None that I know of, son. What about climbing up? Up the cliff walls. We might do it if we had all day. There's no time for trying now. But couldn't we at least get above the flames? The heat travels upward. We'd roast to death. Sergeant, what are we going to do? Don't lose your nerves, son. I have an idea that may save us. Hun King! Hun, you huskies! Hun! Nearly two hours later, Marlette and the lumber crew arrived at a point from which they could look down into the valley. The heat pouring upward from the fire struck them like a furnace blast, scorching their faces and driving them backward from the edge of the cliff. The entire valley lay hidden under a dense pall of smoke. It's no use, Marlette. There's nothing we can do for him now. Uh, it's awful. 
I can't bear to think of that poor kid trapped down there. Too bad he was a nice little kid, too. Shut up, all of you! Oh, shucks, my lad. We just want you to know we sympathize I with said you. shut up! What good does it do to stand around and talk? Come on, we all go back to the camp. The search party returned to camp in grim silence. Bat Nelson was waiting in the headquarters tent as Pierre entered. There was a wild look in Pierre's eyes. Nelson spoke. Did you find him? No. He's dead. It's tough luck. It's your fault, Nelson. Seems to me I recall you helped set that fire. It was your idea. Yeah. You thought it was a plenty smart idea. As long as it was a question of you getting paid to kill someone else. Don't go blaming me just because you killed your own kid accidentally. Shut your dirty mouth. Don't give me that. What I saw, the way you treated the kid, he's probably better off dead anyway. Why, you... Keep your distance, boy. Let her up. Put you right in the gizzard. All right, all right. You're the drop on me. Lucky for you. Pack your gear and get out of camp. Sure, I'll get out. No need for me to hold up here any longer now that Preston's out of the way. So long, my lad, and thanks for the help. Night brought a heavy snowfall, and by morning the forest fire had died out, leaving the valley a smoldering waste of blackened stumps and scorched earth. Meanwhile, at the lumber camp, work went on as usual, and when the logging crew started out that morning, Pierre Marlette went with them. His manner was surly and brutal, and no one even dared suggest that a party be sent out to recover his son's body. A short time later, Eric Douglas was seated inside the headquarters tent when he heard the sound of barking outside. Eric got up from his bench and pulled aside the tent flap. What he saw made him gasp with surprise. Phil! Hi, Mr. Douglas! Accompanying the boy was a mounted policeman and a grinning pack of huskies. Phil, you're really alive! Sergeant Preston saved me. Sergeant, it seems like a miracle. You're Eric Douglas, I take it. That's right. How did you know? Phil told me about you. Oh, I see. I'd still like to know how you managed to save him. I was in the valley myself when the fire started. I took refuge under the waterfalls till the fire died out. Under the falls? That's right. Luckily, there was a big enough space between the falls and the rock to shelter Phil and me, and the dogs too. Not that we had a very comfortable time of it. I'll bet you didn't. Uh, may I ask how you happened to be in the valley in the first place? I was trailing an escaped outlaw named Bat Nelson. Marlette told me Nelson stopped here at the camp night before last and then headed up the valley. That's news to me. It was a lie. There's not much doubt about that. I don't understand. Marlette sent me into the valley and then started the fire in order to get rid of me. What? My guess is right. He's in cahoots with Nelson. Tell me, have you seen a big husky fellow with a scar on his left cheek around camp lately? Why, sure I have. Marlette hired a man who answered that description, but he said his name was Bill Smith. Where is he now? He's gone. Quit last night. Before I start after him, I'll have to arrest Marlette. Where can I find him? He's out in the woods with the lumber crew. Bill, you stay here at camp. I'm going after your father. Well, Sergeant, can King stay here with me while you're gone? He's such a swell dog. Well, all right, Phil. Maybe you can rustle up some food for the huskies after you had breakfast. Oh, sure I can. Pierre Marlette was selecting and marking trees to be felled as Sergeant Preston approached. At sight of the sergeant, the foreman gaped in astonishment, and his weather-beaten face turned deathly pale. Preston. Surprised to see me, Marlette? I I thought you'd die in the forest fire. Yes, I know you did. 
In fact, you planned it that way, you and Bat Nelson. You started that fire in order to kill me. You... You can't prove that, Preston. Can't I? You told me Bat Nelson headed up the valley. Instead, you were hiding him in your camp. I think any jury will draw the same conclusion I did. Uh, look like the game is up. What do you intend to do with me? Take you to jail, of course. First, we're going back to camp and decide what to do with your son. My son? You mean he's still alive? Yes, we both got out of the valley safely. Incidentally, I assume you didn't know he was in the valley when you started the fire? Or did you? Truly, I did not know, Sergeant. Eric Douglas can tell you this. All right, I'll take your word for it. Now get moving. For Bill's sake, we'll omit the handcuffs for the time being. The sergeant walked slightly behind his prisoner and kept one hand on his gun. They had just gotten out of sight of the logging crew when Marlette tripped oh! on some underbrush and fell headlong. Oh! What's wrong? Oh, I think I have sprained my ankle. The fall had been executed so realistically that the sergeant didn't suspect a trick. Let's have a look at it. As Sergeant Preston bent over the fallen man, Marlette suddenly went into action. His gnarled fist crushed into Sergeant Preston's jaw. Taken off guard, the sergeant rocked backward under the blow. Before he could draw his gun, Marlette had hit him again and again. I take that gun, Marlette. No, you don't. The gun had already cleared the holster when the sergeant grabbed Marlette's wrist. Tensely, the two men grappled. Slowly, steadily, Marlette sought to point the gun at the sergeant. But stubbornly, the sergeant resisted. Suddenly, the gun went off. The bullet grazed the sergeant's parka as it plowed into the ground. But the kickback of the gun had jerked Marlette's wrist upward. And Preston seized the momentary advantage. With a terrific push, he threw Marlette to one side. At the same time, twisted his wrist, forcing him to drop the gun. That's better. Releasing Marlette's wrist, the sergeant let go a terrific right to the head. A moment later, the gun was forgotten as the two men fought savagely on the ground. Slowly but surely, the sergeant's grim determination won over Marlette's frenzied counterattack. Oh, stop, stop! Do not hit me again. I, I've had enough. All right, now stand up and hold out your hands. Here on in, you're wearing handcuffs. A short time later, at the camp, Sergeant Preston spoke to Eric Douglas in the presence of Phil. Eric, with Pierre Marlette behind bars, Phil will be needing a new home. From what he's told me, I think you might make a pretty good foster father. How about it? I'm afraid it's not in the cards, Sergeant. Why not? Because I'll probably be spending some time behind bars myself. You see, I'm wanted for robbery in Southbury. Tell me about it. There's nothing much to tell. I held up a storekeeper and got away with over $100. There's more to it than that. Why'd you do it? Well, when I came up to the Yukon, I was hoping to make a gold strike, but... It didn't work out that way. My money ran out, and then my wife wrote me that she was sick, and, well, I, I needed cash in a hurry, so I took the easiest way out. I see. Eric, what made you suddenly confess your crime to me? Because I knew I couldn't go on dodging the law forever. I tried to make things up by sending some money out of each month's pay to the man I robbed, but now I realize that's no solution, I I've got to face the music. Well, yes, Eric, you do. But I have an idea the judge may be lenient when he hears your story. In fact, he might even suspend sentence and put you on probation. Oh, Sergeant, that'd be wonderful. But whatever happens, I'm ready to face it. I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders already. Gee, I, I guess you'll have to figure out something else to do with me, Sergeant. Oh, you won't, Phil. I'm going to adopt you as soon as I get clear with the law. I'll find another job and save up enough money to get us both back to the States where you can have a real home, Phil. 
Gosh. Yes, Phil, I have a hunch things are going to work out nicely for both of you. Sergeant, I... I wish there was some way I could help you close this case. The case of Bat Nelson? Yes. I'll find him, Eric. It may be a long trail, but in the end, I'll get him. And I can say this case is closed. In just a moment, Sergeant Preston will give you a preview of Monday's adventure. Don't forget, hurry to your grocers. Get the new Yukon Trail packages of Quaker Puffed Wheat and Quaker Puffed Rice. Yes, at no extra cost, get exciting cutout models of Sergeant Preston's Yukon Trail to build the very things you heard about in today's story and stories to come. Remember, your grocer now has the eight special different new Yukon Trail packages of Quaker Puffed Wheat and Quaker Puffed Rice. The swell-tasting cereal shot from guns to make them king-size. And extra crisp and delicious. On package number one and three, you get models of the lumber camp where Bat Nelson hid out today. The Indian waterfalls that saved the lives of Sergeant Preston, King, and Phil. Sergeant Preston's dog sled and team of huskies, and many others. Every package is clearly numbered on the front. You'll want the complete set of eight Yukon Trail packages for the stories to come. There's no waiting, nothing to send in, no extra cost. These larger, easier-to-build Yukon Trail models are at your grocer's right now. They're right on the packages of Quaker Puffed Rice and Quaker Puffed Wheat. The original, crisp, fresh, shot-from-gun cereal that is never sold in bags or bulk. Get yours right away. Listen Monday when Sergeant Preston and Yukon King meet the challenge of the Yukon in the case of the haunted mine. The dead Dutchman was a haunted mine. The first three owners had died violent deaths, and one of the present owners was missing under mysterious circumstances. I accidentally stumbled onto the secret of the mine while investigating a gold robbery. And my discovery led to a duel in the dark with someone who was bent on making me the mine's next victim. Be sure to hear this exciting adventure Monday. These radio dramas, a feature of the Challenge of the Yukon Incorporated, are created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Fred Flowerday, and supervised by Charles D. Livingston. The part of Sergeant Preston is played by Paul Sutton. They are brought to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the same time by Quaker Puffed Wheat and Quaker Puffed Rice, the breakfast cereal shot from guns. For a delicious hot breakfast, eat Quaker Oats, the giant of the cereals is Quaker Oats. Delicious, nutritious, makes you feel ambitious. The giant of the cereals is Quaker Oats. Say, boys and girls, do you want to be a star someday in sports and activities? Then start on good Quaker Oats breakfast tomorrow. Because nourishing oatmeal gives you more growth and endurance than any other whole grain cereal. Remember, Quaker and Mother's Oats are the same. This is J. Michael wishing you goodbye, good luck, and good health from Quaker Puffed Wheat and Quaker Puffed Rice. So long. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a presentation of OTRWesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. Join in the conversation by going to otrwesterns.com slash Discord. And don't forget to send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. This episode is copyright under the attribution, non-commercial, share-like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day, and again, thanks for listening.